Hey gorgeous, if you want success on your fertility journey, you've got to have the mindset for it. It's time to kick fear, negativity, doubt, shame, jealousy, and the whole clown car of low vibe fertility journey BS to the curb. I'm your host, Roseanne Austin, fertility mindset master, former prosecutor and recovering type A control freak perfectionist. I use the power of mindset to get pregnant naturally and have my baby boy at 43, despite years of fertility treatment failure. I help women across the globe beat the odds on their fertility journey just like I did. Get ready for a quick hit of confidence, joy, feminine badassery, and loads of hell yes for your fertility journey. It's time to get fearless, baby, fearlessly fertile. Let's do this. Welcome to the Fearlessly Fertile Podcast, episode 261. It's not too late to have your baby. A conversation with Cho Lin Moy. Ah, my loves, it's so good to be here with you this week. And I'm so delighted because I am going to be sharing a really cool conversation that I had with a dear friend of mine, Cho Lin. And what I love about Cho is she's just as wild as I am in the sense that we don't really believe in the artificial confines of sticking strictly to numbers and statistics because we know that women every fucking day are crushing them. And so I thought it would be great to have her on and share her expertise and her different perspective in the area of Chinese medicine. And what I love about Cho, like so many of the wonderful practitioners that you hear on this podcast, you know, they come with purpose. They come with a real drive and a real sense of calling in their heart to have a positive impact on women's lives and help women make their dreams come true. So Cho and I are going to be talking about some of the things that women should be considering and the kind of critical thinking it takes to move past the numbers and all this nonsense that it's too late. It's never too late when you are a woman who is absolutely committed to a vision. And that's really what it takes to succeed on this journey. So I hope you absolutely love this conversation that I'm having with Cho Lin. And before we get started, though, I want to remind you, the Fearlessly Fertile World Tour is kicking off in the San Francisco Bay Area in March. So if you have not already registered and responded for your spot, you got to do it now. You want to check it out. Go to my link tree in my Instagram. If you are on my mailing list, you may have already gotten your invitation. Whatever the case may be, you do not want to miss this. And as we move through the tour, we're going to be announcing our European dates as well as uh, the dates for our Australia and New Zealand stops. So really take the time. If you want to meet me and my team live and in person, uh, this event is completely free, but you do have to register because we want to be able to communicate with you uh, in the process. And hey, we only want women that are super committed to learning more about this goodness, being in amazing community, and who would really love a hug, you know, in this process. So uh, make sure you get your ass registered because it's going to be super fun. And who the fuck doesn't need real connection right now? Like seriously, I think it's time that we all escape our computer screens, get away from our phones and really connect and, and have real community around us as we live this journey. So can't wait to see you on the Fearlessly Fertile World Tour. It's going to be amazeballs. So here is my conversation with Cho Lin Moy. So Cho, I'm really, really glad to have you on. And I'm super excited about this conversation that we are going to have about fertility, Chinese medicine, and probably a host of other things <laughs> over the course of our time together. So why don't you start by sharing with the ladies listening how you got into Chinese medicine, and how you started focusing in on fertility. Okay. Well, thank you, uh, Roseanne, for having me on your podcast. Uh, so I uh, got into Chinese medicine, acupuncture, Chinese medicine. This is after working in the corporate arena, uh, you know, doing what I was supposed to do, and then, you know, really finding that it was not really fulfilling. And uh, looking for something that I would love to do, that I could help people. And, you know, it's really something that you continue to do. And, and the more you practice, the more you learn, the better you get. 
And so with, you know, like the difference between the East and the West, as you get older, you're wiser and you have all this wisdom and you help, you can help really help people versus in, in the West, the profession is, oh, you're older, you're outdated. And so it's really like, you know, the, the polarity of it is, is, you know, this is the difference, right? You have a lot, you know, the longer I'm practicing now, 21 years, uh, the much more, you know, knowledge that I have that, and that I hold and I can help people. And uh, Chinese medicine is thousands of years old. So we look at, there's a lot of empirical knowledge that is here that we can look at that, you know, that there was no agenda, right, for it. It's actually, this is what worked. And if it didn't, people died. What uh, has me specialize in fertility or really like women's health is that there is so much knowledge that is there. And really, it's, you know, I would say that my, my patients are what directed me to where I, you know, be, have this expertise. And so early in my practice, I noticed, you know, women were coming. And back then, it was like 39, 40. They got married later. Now they want to have a child. And so there was this really like, I need to do whatever I can. And also, they were also pressure to go to these fertility clinics, because then at 40, they wouldn't take you, right? So it was, yeah, they were like, oh, you age out of even doing like IVF. And so I was like, wow, you know, listening to these stories, I was like, you know, that's not true. Like, really, what they're being told is not true. And so it really made me feel like, all right, I got to do something about this because I'm, I'm just listening and I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I'm like, biological and chronological age are not the same, right? And yes, there's statistics, but those are also really, you know, like looking at these are the women that are coming that are struggling. What about the rest of the population that's not struggling? No one really keeps track of, you know, how many women get pregnant over 40 or even some women at 50, right? And um, so you start to look at how the data is skewed and, and now even more and more really skewed because you do a search and then the algorithm changes. And before you know it, you're just receiving data about age and, you know, what, you, you know, fertility clinics and what you need to do and, and really wearing down, you know, a woman's resolve or confidence in her own body. Just constantly saying there's something wrong with you because mm. you didn't get pregnant within a year, and I'm kind of like a year. Like who who set that mark? Who decided that? You know who decided that? We don't even know. You can't say a year for everyone. That's that's the standard. Not none of us are standards. We're all you know we're all like a snowflake, right? <laughs> so right. and also you know Chinese medicine is personalized. You have protocols, but personalization is really what makes a difference. And um, yeah, and so that's what I look at is, this is this relationship, how you can actually you can really help somebody, and they don't feel like a number. Yeah, and I love that you say that, because I think there's so many of the women listening, that it's, it's like as women, we get sort of painted into a corner unknowingly. Okay. So we're told that, and and I love that you said you did what you were supposed to do (laughs) in the corporate world. And then you found that like, Hey, I want something a little bit more satisfying to my soul. I want something that's going to be, you know, more purpose driven, not like you can't have purpose in corporate, but that there was something pulling you more toward this as a calling. And I think that's really cool. I mean, I think it's the same type of thing that pulls women toward having babies. But after having pursued what they're supposed to do, they find themselves in a position where everything around them is telling them it's too late. Yeah. And and that's the, that's somebody else's idea. And this is very distressing because they kind of feel like they had to trade. They did a trade. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I you chose your career. Now this is the result. It like it's your fault, right? And again, that's not, you know, like women needing to make a choice. Um, also balancing your life, your home life, your, it's really like your life, right? And so you don't have to give 
you know, the corporate world, that energy is like, go, 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 succeed, get to the top, right? And that's very, um, I mean, it's exciting to a certain degree, but then after it, there's like a kind of emptiness there. And what I find is not only that that part is empty, but then when they believe that maybe they, they missed something that like now for them is like, wow, that's something really important that that becomes that soul crushing feeling of like every, you know, every failure, every month that they don't get pregnant, it just continues to reinforce that it's not going to happen because you didn't do whatever. And so that is a big, and I know you work a lot with mindset. That is with my patients. That is the, we got to look at your fertility mindset, especially after they are doing everything they're supposed to do, you know, with diet, exercise, (laughs) and going uh, to a clinic that then tells them, oh, because you're over 35, that your eggs are probably not good. You know, like, that's the last thing that they need to hear. And it's also not true, right? So they are getting pulled um, into something they really want. And, and, you know, having a child, as you know, if you didn't have one, you really wouldn't know what it's like. And then now once you do have one, you really are like, oh my God, I, I don't want anyone to miss if they want to have a child. I don't want them to miss this experience that is not easy. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, um, 100%. I mean, that's, that's, why, that's why I'm so driven to do what I do. And I'm sure it drives what you do. You have your daughter. I have my son. And both of us could have been fertility journey roadkill had we believed, you know, the line that it was too late for us or that we were too broken down. Yeah. Well, what I have to confess, so here is because it is in my book, I grew up in a medical household. Like my father was a doctor. My mom was a nurse, right, in the Western world. And I did have when I was very young, um, uh, I was seven, I was in the hospital for appendicitis, but they didn't know what it was. They weren't sure because it's so unusual. And um, so I ended up staying in the hospital for over a month and I was poked, I was prodded. I was really like it, you know, I was treated very well because the doctor's child, you know, I got to, you know, walk around and, um, (laughs) but I also got this sense that they didn't know what they were doing. and I remember there was this one, I guess, resident, this young guy who was trying to, uh, you know, do an IV. And he kept on missing my vein, right? (laughs) And uh, so at one point, you know, they changed my, you know, to be on instead of being on an IV to be on like, clear liquid, but then they were like, okay, we want to run more tests, we want to put you on an IV. And this guy shows up. And I remember saying, they're like, oh, we need to put it in. And I was like, he can't touch me. (laughs) Not him. It was like, yeah. So I would say that I've always kind of had a little bit of a, I'm a little skeptical. Uh, The surgeon, after they took out my appendix, I wanted to actually see it. He walked me down to pathology. So I got to see what it looked like. So with that, I'm really like, you can ask questions, like ask the questions, like if you're, you're going, like, what does it really mean? And a lot of times, you know, in a, in a, a consult, when they start giving you statistics, it's somebody else's numbers. Like, that's the thing. It's somebody else. So yeah, it's like, are you, I'm sitting in front of you. Yes, I have these things. But you're quoting me. It's like you're looking at someone else's chart and you're not really seeing me. And yeah. so it's really like I'm, I'm going to tell you what your chances are based on somebody else. Mm. And, mm. And, and so that what it like we have to be really clear. And that's like one of the things like you have to understand those are other people's numbers. We're talking about you and bringing that person back into this is about you. Not yeah. about them. I mean, it's information for sure. It's information. 
but it's also very curated and very specific in terms of then how they're going to treat you based on that those little things like age and certain numbers and that's how they're going to approach it but they're not looking at the whole picture right right i mean i love that you're raising this because that's something that i hear women all the time but the numbers but the statistics but you know and it's like yeah let's let's think critically because that's really what you and i are talking about at this point is critical thinking right right is to think critically about look if you're on the fertility journey and yeah you may have been trying for a year but as you said that might not mean anything okay right. it, it's a marker it's something to be aware of but it's certainly not something to like run screaming out of the house and going to the the first fertility clinic that you can find right it's a piece of awareness. Just like when you go for a consult and you're hearing all these things. In fact, I, I did a live uh, last night with uh, an amazing fertility doctor and uh, Dr. Zahir Murhi. And we were having this great conversation about like the statistics are but one aspect. There's a constellation of other things to be considering. And yeah, I mean, in Chinese medicine, my guess, I mean, I had a bunch of acupuncture and went to uh, and had Chinese medicine as part of my experience. But I'm sure from your perspective, age, statistics, all these other things are probably lower on the totem pole when you're considering how to help somebody. Yeah. So what's really important is going to be their whole health history. And um, so I look at you know, things that we're going to need to look, really change, like sleep patterns are big, food sensitivities, things that cause inflammation. Uh, so really, the and again, you know, oftentimes you when you look at the whole health history, you see a picture of a pattern of what may be like something they need to shift. And oftentimes it's masks. It's some, you know, constantly, oh, I had, I had uh, uh, mono, I had strep, I had this, I get colds every, you know, every year, ear infect, like all of that. And you're, I'm, I'm like looking like seasonal or every, every uh, fall I get this cold or I get a common cold and oftentimes or, or recurring uh, bladder infections or yeast infections. And so you look at it like, oh, but I took something and I'm oh, and it didn't come back. But I go like, you know what? Oftentimes these things are just lingering, and they're creating. There's like an underlying problem that's continuously going on, and that is a disruptor. So we need to clean that up. Like definitely the diet and the gut stuff is huge. The the, the microbiome of your gut is also going to affect the microbiome in inside the you know vagina right? All of that, all of that. This is mucous membrane. If, uh, you know, someone takes a lot of antihistamines, right, they're very drying. So everyone's like, oh, my sinuses, but I go, okay, but you know what, it's also going to cause problems with your gums, because this is mucous membrane too, right? And also vaginally, it's going to cause dryness, right? So there are different, it's going to have an effect or, or even like the soaps, like all of those environmental factors that we have uh, around us, the plastics, like all, like we need to kind of like look at these things, which are, can be, you know, disrupting the, the overall health and balance of the person. So it's mm. not just looking at what is your cycle or your hormone levels, because those are the symptoms of the body being out of balance, right? So we need to look at the big picture and especially stress is like, the biggest disruptor there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was uh, that was definitely, I, I think, a critical aspect of even, you know, what I was looking at on my own journey. But I think people don't, I mean, show like, look, the easy thing for people to do is to run and try to get a pill. Give me a pill, doc. Give me something. Give me something, right? Because what we're talking about here is a more holistic approach, an approach that you know, might take a little bit more time and, and takes a little bit more nuance and investigation. And I think, you know, it, it's coming from a slightly different angle, but I think even the best Western physicians are truly looking at that, looking at a more holistic approach because you can medicate something to shit, but that's not necessarily going to yield the result that people actually want. Because 
I think when you and I are talking, we're talking not just about pregnancy, we're talking about 40 full weeks of healthy pregnancy. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it has to happen actually like way before. Like it, it's, yeah. yeah. And, and then that's another, uh, like, I want it now or I've been trying and, and then there's this urgency and the stress around it. And so it's kind of like your eggs will be okay for a few months. You're not going to, you know, lose anything by taking, you know, three to six months or a year to get yourself into condition, like to really be like in alignment right? Like everything comes into alignment. But if you're rushing into, I got to do it now because it's too late, or my FSA is going to run out, or I have this one thing, like there are all of these other things that are influencing the choice you're making for your health. Yeah. And And, yeah. And I, I think you would agree with this, that thing that's often influencing it is lack and scarcity. Oh, sure. Time, money, opportunities, all of these things. Yeah. And what do we know? Fear-based choices suck. Right. But going into it, it's still not going to help if they're afraid. And and really, I mean, I'm not against, I mean, I help a lot of women that are doing IUI, IVF, and they're like, I don't want to do it. I want to do it naturally. I want, and I go like, well, here's the thing. You're getting, it's a lot of help doing it medically, right? To medicate it. But if it was, it's like, it's not unnatural. It's just not as, it wouldn't be probable in nature. Let's put it that way. But it's not unnatural because if it's really unnatural outside of nature, then it wouldn't be possible, right? So we have to kind of like look at, you're, you're, you're getting a lot more help with it. So if there's an issue where a tube is blocked or your, your partner's sperm is, you know, not swimming and there's just a little bit or something like that then it's really like removing these obstacles that, you know, because we're in this, we'll say a time crunch, but like in this period of time that we're helping those, those things to come together that, you know, know, there are blocks. So a lot of it is also that anguish of like, oh, it should be, you know, romantic and it's this and, and, and then that actually you know, even going into a site, like a, a, a medicated cycle or doing it, that they're, st- they're like struggling against it versus yeah. we're living it also in this time where you have these like choices and you do both. You, you, you integrate. It's not one or the other. It's really like integrate. And that's what I tell my patients. Look, we're going to, you know, help to regulate your cycle. I'm going to help you to reset your nervous system. We're going to work on all of these things for three to six months. And hopefully you get pregnant in that time. But if you, you don't, and you're, you've decided by the end of the year, you're going to go to, you know, start looking into a clinic or start looking at, look at what the options are. So you don't feel at the end of the year, you're going to be like, oh my God, now I have to do this thing. But one thing we know for sure is the success rate is going to be tremendous, so much more, because you've been doing all this work all along. So every yeah. move you make is a move forward, right? And that's what's, that's what, you know, like, whatever you're doing, every time you go to bed a half an hour earlier, that's progress. Like every time you choose to have a green tea instead of, you know, diet drink, although I tell no diet stuff. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like those, those little things that you're making consciously, like consciously making that decision, you're moving forward. And if it hasn't happened yet, it doesn't, you're you're still building the successes, you're on your way, right? A hundred percent. I mean, it's interesting because, and I love that you raised that because that's a powerful reframe of this idea that, oh, I got to hurry up and, you know, I'm three to six months, you know, because most people, when they hear that, they freak out. Oh, I don't have time for that. Like I'm already 40 or I'm already 45, but it's like, wait a second, why don't you do the stuff ahead of time that's going to set you up for success? Whether it's Chinese medicine, mindset, all of these things. It's like when there is an alleged time crunch, there's never been a more critical time to have your ducks in a row, right? Like, make sure your diet's clean. Give yourself the confidence because I think you would agree, Cho. I mean, there's a certain level of confidence that comes from knowing you did the work. 
Oh yeah. Like everything you've done, like the last thing you want to do is like go in and, and like worry like, Oh, I should have done it. Or like, because that, that conversation happens too. Right. Oh, Oh, why didn't I? And I do, I mean, I have patients that come to me after they've had failed cycles and they're like, well, this time I think I want to do something a little more holistic. And they are in a, a place of kind of, you know, we got to dig them out of the regret, or maybe I should have, or I don't know what happened, or why didn't I do it? And just be like, look, this is, we're doing this now. Even if you had a failed cycle, you already know what was used, how you responded. So this is good information on what we can do now to move forward. So it's all information, right? It's yeah. going to be all information. But yeah, the you know, Chinese medicine also includes like your mindfulness, really important, what you think matters, right? Like all of it. Well, so what would you say? I mean, because a lot of the women listening to this are, they're either trying naturally, they're in treatment, or they're considering treatment. And so from a Chinese medicine perspective, let's say that somebody's had already a failed IUI. Right. And they're they're starting to think, well, hmm, maybe this isn't going to be as straightforward as I thought. Uh oh. You know, where would you have them start? Like where under Chinese medicine perspective would you have somebody start? Well, first thing that I do is they I would have take a look at everything. I have to look at their whole health history. Definitely, I, the one of the first uh, exercises they get is developing that fertility mindset, which is reframing. What are you telling yourself? What are you saying to yourself? My body, oh, I'm too old. I'm this. My eggs are no good. Okay, now you have to replace, like, write down exactly what you say to yourself. And now you need to write down something else that's empowering. My eggs mm-hmm. are perfect. My body is healthy. The time is now. There are... First of all, sleep is a big thing that they, we, we need to look at the quality of sleep because that's where, you know, our sleep hormones and reproductive hormones are in the same, you know, we need to shift the circadian rhythm. And this is really like yin and yang balance, right? So I write about that in some articles is really like, you know, this is about yin and yang balance. The partner, because I know we talk mostly about the women. But for men, really important sleep and sleep at night, right? For them, they need to, men are really much very affected by staying up late. It affects the the sperm production, right? So it's not just like, oh, seven hours of sleep, sleep all day, stay up all night. No, they really need to be in alignment. So those are like things like, because then what you're doing is you're using the energy of the universe. And this is really you know, Chinese medicine is based on understanding the yin and the yang, the movement of qi. And this is understanding the transformations of the energy of the universe. And so when you understand that, and it's like you are having this energy flowing through you. Mm. Uh, So also understanding like the concept. So this is where the thing of perfection so my, I think chapter eight, I have a thing on perfection, which is really where a lot of, especially women, because they're always thinking there's something wrong with them. And there is everything in the media telling them there's something wrong with them. So what happens is, is that they get really stuck on perfection. And then that is like a very, I would say dangerous road to go down, but it is. And so really stay away from the chat rooms, clear the cookies on your, your electronics, because I'm glad you're saying that show. That's why cookies are saying that I'm like, cookies are bad for you. Like, like, I mean, the cookies are bad for you. So but that's that thing, you know, like, these are things that you need to do, like, immediately, because it will constantly be sending you these messages and wear you down, right. And, and as many times as you're, you're, giving yourself positive reframe and that, that, you know, looking at that, it's going to lead you down a rabbit hole. Also, you know, the, the French way thing, like don't talk to people who are negative about, you know, or have like a terrible story or are going to like tell you what you should do or you shouldn't do. Right. So really like who you're speaking to, 
I'm a proponent of more plant-based, right? So that's like certain foods and also not eating processed foods, even if they're like healthy organic. So we see a lot of it in, let's say like whole foods, you know, you're like, oh, I got this green juice, but it's in a big plastic container or, you know, like food. So the convenience stuff, it's still processed. And if you can make your own food or, you know, know what the source is and and take care of it for yourself, do that. That's a self-care. Consciously preparing your own food for yourself. And this ties into your your 10 fingers of virtue, right? Like you are manifesting this delicious meal. Your energy is going into it. You're consciously choosing these ingredients that you're going to put into your body. And you're going to recognize how good it feels and how you're nourishing yourself, right, by those choices. So these are, are, are things that I have patients like to be more conscious. The other is like to ditch those digital apps that <laughs> are constantly telling like, oh, this is when your period is coming. And then, I mean, I had a patient who had was putting in her, you know, her dates. And then her cycle was a little bit longer. And she was like, but, but wait a second. It said now that my ovulation was this time, but before it told me that time. And I was like, oh my God, it, it's, it's changing the information to match an outcome, which is not your outcome. And I was like, we know that you, your fertile window was here. We know that. And now it's telling you, oh, maybe it was another date. I'm like, that's not accurate. Oh. Oh right? my gosh, that's like having AI take over your cycle. It's like it, it's just it's monstrous. It is monstrous. And so, some like when did you have your what you know when you're like oh let me check my phone and I'm a little like okay you, your your phone should not be telling you. I mean you can put it in a calendar fine, <laughs> but also I'm a little like you know these are private companies that are gathering your data, right? And yeah. you know and in some states I don't think you want people to have access to what your, you know, what's happening to you with your reproduction. But so one of the things is I will teach them how to know, like what's happening with your body, <laughs> you know, you know well, being able to take a temperature. Yeah. It's got to do it show because I think your point is well taken because even before we started this recording, we were talking about how, you know, especially in a culture where we've been given birth control and some women are on birth control for decades like there's this disconnection between us and our bodies and our minds and knowing what's right for us absolutely i mean this is kind of like oh you don't need to worry or know anything about your body we'll take care of it for you and you're like okay you're managing this powerful organ because in Chinese medicine, the uterus is a curious organ, and it is connected to your heart. There's a special channel called the Baomai, which connects your heart and your uterus. Getting your cycle, when you get your, it's considered heavenly water. It's known as the Tangui, the heavenly water, which comes down, and that sparks your ability to reproduce. This is powerful stuff, right? Yeah. So this is where, you know, being in alignment. So really having, let's say the mind body connection is part of like, oh, I feel my body. I'm, I know what's going on. I need to rest. I need to eat. I need to use the bathroom. This is known as also interoception when you develop that ability to be like, oh, I feel something, I'm going to calm myself down, right? Oh, I can feel anxious. I know, I know what that feels like for me. I can self-regulate this power that we have. And we, you know, through meditation, through awareness and consciously making choices and being connected to ourselves, being very present, we develop even more this ability, which we already have right? Just like animals have, you know, they know to go and, and start making, you know, a little burrow or, or, you know, 
very nuts. They could feel like, oh, the temperature is, you know, changing. It's time for, you know, they're, they're so connected to nature. We're very disconnected and being connected to our body of just knowing like, oh, this food is good for me. This isn't good for me, right? Like is part of developing that. And so one of the things that I will teach is like, okay, you're, this is what happens in the R of your we could look at the blood cycle, the chi the cycle, the yang cycle, and then the yin cycle, right, in the Chinese medicine wheel. And so the different things that are happening in your body, which you may experience, are going to indicate this is the fertile window. And so mm-hmm. many telltale, of course, the cervical mucus, your temperature, right? And then now we have these pea sticks, right, which will kind of tell you that, hey, you know, you've released this hormone, which means, you know, like you're going to be ovulating in 24 to 36 hours. And then you can also tell by, you know, libido and things like that. And so to really like know your cycle, and you can measure it, I like to have them do it on a chart. So I go like every day, it's like a meditation, you take your temperature, and then you (laughs) chart it. And you've done your one thing to move you forward, right? And for you, you've done this thing. Um, I love that show. You know, it's kind of funny. When I was charting my basal body temperature, man, I was in hardcore perfection. If the thing was not where it was supposed to be, like I would torment myself for the whole next day, you know, and all of this craziness that we can get into when we're trying to take control of our fertility, but what you're talking about and the way you talk about it is more from an empowerment standpoint. You know, there's not a fear-based driver, you know, like from, you know, your perspective, it's just getting to know your body, understanding these things so that you're not in a position where you're over-reliant on technology and then possibly manipulated into thinking that you're broken. Right. I mean, that is because we're not broken. And like one of the things is, is that life, we are meant for life to move forward. I also believe that, you know, fertility is more than biology and hormones, right? That there is this spiritual aspect, this energy for us to be able to receive, right? So these beings are going to come through us, not from us, but really. So we are this vessel and understanding that we are this vessel to be in, to be able to like have this being share, you know, is going to share our body and we're going to be, you know, giving it the nutrients, et cetera, et cetera, is different, a different like understanding that there's something greater and, and that we kind of have to be ready, you know, like, and, and that's like the difference of, I want to get it to getting it or having it is really like receiving it. And mm. so, and that's what we're, we're looking at, right? So we're, we're like, okay, I'm ready. You know, and oftentimes that's, you know, energetically, I also have, you know, my patients do was known as a feng shui cure, which was given to me by this fellow, Dr. Richard Tan, who's no longer here. He was a a feng shui master, Chinese medicine practitioner. And so I was in graduate school and I was talking to him and he goes, you want to have a baby? And I said, yeah, like we're doing everything. And then I I also share it in my book. He said, okay, you need to take a picture of you and a picture of your husband and you get a picture of a baby and you're going to put them together and you wrap a red ribbon around it and you're going to stick it under your mattress. And energetically, what that is, is that you're already creating it in a way, in a form, like it's already here. And of course, under the mattress, because that's where you sleep. So if you're there like eight hours, right, or or seven hours or whatever, like you're energetically bringing this in and it's there, like you're kind of like, it's already, you know, a part of you. Right, just like people have pin boards, like someone I say, like make a, a vision board, a Pinterest, put what you envision, and it's good for your partner to do it too. You can have one to share because sometimes you know, like, what does having a child look like? 
and the husband is like ski trips this and that and then your board might be you know birthday cakes and you know other stuff and and really like hey this could also be like are you you have somebody who's going to support you because sometimes one person doesn't feel they feel like they're the one that's leading the charge and that they're going to be on their own or if they don't get pregnant that their partner's going to leave them right because there's a lot about being a you know producing an heir or something that's like old thinking of like oh you know i'm not fertile maybe my partner will leave me because i'm not going to produce (laughs) 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 hey those those ideas are yeah they're they're there these old like really old things yeah yeah, I mean, I love that. And like, I bet every woman listening to this podcast is going to run out, get a picture of herself, get a picture of her partner, get a picture of a baby, tie that up, throw it under her bed. And you can thank Cho for that and, and your feng shui master before that. Like, you know, and people think this is dumb shit, Cho. Like people blow this stuff off. But I think that, I mean, like even in my own practice, the women that I see really getting into this from a physical, mental, spiritual perspective. And they really take in this idea of receiving. I mean, I tell my clients all the time, conceiving is all about receiving. And I think that we as women have had that aspect of us stunted over the decades. You know, receiving has been made weak. Receiving has been made wrong, needy, you know, like you're some kind of a dumpster fire if you need support. You probably see this too. I mean, I see women going about this journey trying to DIY stuff that they have no business DIYing and then wondering why they're not getting the result. Yeah, totally. I mean, or they're looking they're looking for it in in places that are not useful, which again going back to, you know, the the cookies on your computer or speaking oh, the to message boards and Yeah. Uh, which are very challenging and, and also drawing into whatever fears you have. Um, oh, so, yeah. Yeah, if you're afraid that you're never going to have a baby, then you're going to be very attracted to the people who are, say, I've been trying and trying, it's not working, I've got this illness. And then you start to like, and, and this is like one of the things when you're like a medical school or when you're <laughs> in clinic and they start talking about these conditions that people have and all of a sudden you're like, oh, my skin's itching, or you start to feel like, (laughs) like, yeah, so, yeah, so that's why, like, really, you can, there's a lot, I mean, and I say definitely research for a a healthy amount, but very careful, right? Like, oh, you got to protect your space, you got to protect your peace. Yeah. And again, that's also like another thing is really, like, this needs to become a priority, not an obsession. And so I'd say 99% of my patients are very highly educated, very highly motivated, very driven, which in and of itself is one of the problems is, you know, because they're like, I need to get it now. I get what I want. And the harder I try, it's not working. And I say like, here's your career is like here and having the baby is here. So they're super high on the importance. You just need to like, this needs to be just a little more of a priority, right? Yeah. A little bit more like if you can move that meeting so that you can come and get treatment or you can work from home or whatever, do that. Like create that space so that you can, you know, like already like pattern out that, you you know, when you have a, a child, are you going to decide you're going to work part time or then like start implementing some of that stuff now, like feel it, like that you have the flexibility because that's going to help you. But if you feel trapped and then you're trying to like bring more in to something that's overstuffed, then it's a lot harder to do because there's no space. There's no space. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, we'll have to talk about this in another conversation, but I also really see that women subordinate the feminine. And you're trying to do the most feminine thing you can possibly do. And that's, you know, conceive and carry and give birth to a child from a very masculine perspective. 
In fact, I did a podcast episode on, are you trying to get pregnant like a man? <laughs> For that <laughs> but reason. But it's so true. It's a true perspective that, you know, the, the world has been modeled after a very masculine energy and it doesn't work for women to be like, boom, you got to do it this way. Forcing, it's very counterproductive. I mean, it doesn't mean that it doesn't work for women, but they tend to get really, you know, like they feel like they've been chewed up. They go Mm. through the process and they're a wreck. And that is you know, a very large part of, you know, when I'm working with women and they're, they're seeing physicians is really like coach them on or even debrief them on what was said, because they'll hear one thing and they're like, oh my God, and or they'll look it up. And I'm like, I don't think that's what it means. And you can definitely email the doctor, email them. And if they're not responding to you, you know, like then, you know, also maybe like you need a different clinic. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I really appreciate everything that you shared here, Cho, because I think that when we can understand that you can be supported by Western medicine, you can be supported by Chinese medicine and many different modalities. Like it's not a black and white scenario. It's about cultivating the kinds of things that are going to support you in your success to not be afraid of it, not be afraid of you know, looking at other things outside of Western medicine and not taking their, you know, the perspective that if you're over 35, if you've had some failures in the past, that somehow that's the end of the story. It's not a verdict. None of this is a verdict. Like, <laughs> yeah, none exactly. of this is, it ain't over until you're holding your baby, if that's what you choose. And I think it's, you know, I think you bring a lot to the table with what you're doing and the kind of perspective that it takes to really help women become successful. And we're going to put links in the show notes to your book, Everybody Run Out and Go Get Will I Ever Get Pregnant (laughs) by show. And I think you're going to love it. And, you know, so, you know, in closing this out, you know, if you were going to make a statement and encourage women to keep going, like, what would you say? What I would say is, or what I do say is really, if you feel like no matter what someone has said to you, there's this knowing, and what we talked about earlier, this pulling, that you are meant to have a child and get pregnant, that is the thing that you need to hold on to. And don't let anything else dissuade you, because all the other stuff is really like distraction. And that's that like, you know, that feeling I talk about in the book is really like about the picture. If you're going to do the the feng shui cure, whatever picture that you choose, you have to be very drawn to it. Just like, you know, people are drawn to little puppy, drawn to puppies and kittens, how they're like, I need that. You know, I want like that. You feel that desire and energy. And that is that energy that is going to connect you to that higher energy to be able to receive. So it's, it really is that signal that you're like to draw in. And that's something to not think like, oh, I want it so bad and I'm not going to get it. But really like, it's for me, it's for me. And very important. So no matter what all the negative stuff is around, that that is going to help you. And that will also guide you when choosing the people to work with. And also, really, when you read stuff or or you listen or watch things, you're going to connect in with that inner wisdom, that inner healer. That's also going to say, "This feels right," right? Because mm. as women, we have this intuition, and this is also part of that creative energy we have with that, you know, that Baumai is really connect that and know that, like, the doubt. Don't let you know that second guess yourself, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the important thing to hold on to. So when you're like, make a choice of what you're going to buy in the supermarket, or whatever, like, you're going to like, feel it like, oh, this right, or this thing, or to just know, and then it, it makes it easier. It makes it a lot easier. Oh, yeah, I 100% agree. And I appreciate what you said there. Because I think in the end, that when we take responsibility for making our dream come true, we let nothing stand in the way because statistics are manipulated. 
people's opinions are, well, a dime a dozen. And, you know, what really matters at the end of the day is that you follow your heart. And now we have a word for that, the bow my, you know, and really seeing that there's wisdom in that. And don't give up on yourself because if you want it, there's going to be a way to get it. Exactly. So thank you so much, Cho. We, we thank appreciate you. you being on. And I think that we are definitely going to be changing lives with what you had to share here. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Roseanne. Hey, loves, I hope you love the conversation that I had with Cho as much as I did. And I certainly hope that you take advantage of those little things that she was teaching us along the way. That red ribbon trick, shit. It has nothing to do with superstition. It is all about belief. And that's what really helps you create success on this journey. It's what you think and believe. So if you feel amazingly drawn to Cho, please check her out at Integrative Healing Arts in New York City. She's amazeballs. And we have a link to her website attached to the show notes here. She's a wonderful human being and such a gift to the community. And look, here's the thing. Whether it's through interviews with experts, interviews with my ladies, or the goodness that I share with you on the weeks that it's just me, like, I hope you're starting to get how powerful you can be based on what you think and believe. Because what you think and believe is driving your behavior. Your behavior directly impacts your results. Thoughts, beliefs, actions, results. And if you're not leveraging the power of your mindset, woman, I got to ask you, what are you doing? People don't just get lucky on this journey. People make a choice. Women make a choice to be successful and they follow that up with the way they think and therefore the decisions they make and the results that they create. It's logical, linear, and true. And if you're truly ready to be a success story on this journey, my Fearlessly Fertile Method program is for women who intend to get pregnant in the next 12 months and say hell yes to covering their bases, mind, and body. If you don't have a mindset for success in this journey, baby, you got a gaping hole in your strategy. You've got to unfuck that. Thoughts, beliefs, actions, results. My methodology has helped women around the world make their mom dreams come true. Their results speak for themselves. Four Instagram highlight reels deep, baby. We got the receipts. So if you are actually serious about getting and staying pregnant in the next 12 months, and I'm just going to be clear because I've been clear in the past, and I'm going to continue to be clear. This is not for you if you're not actually committed to having a baby. Okay, I only work with women who are actually committed to succeeding on this journey and holding their baby. No excuses, no bullshit. You got to be ready to go, sister. And if that's you, go to www.frommaybe2baby.com and apply for an interview there. Till next time, change your mindset, change your results. Love this episode of the Fearlessly Fertile podcast? Subscribe now and leave an awesome review. Remember, the desire in your heart to be a mom is there because it was meant for you. When it comes to your dreams, keep saying hell yes.